0: Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Katie. Each week, Katie and I will discuss the contemporary young adult literature that speaks to our hearts and minds.
1: Scott and I will be coming together between the bookends to discuss how these books have impacted us and how they have the potential to reach our students, children, and even some adult readers, because that's novel reading.
0: So get comfy in your favorite reading spot and join us to discuss some amazing books.
1: Well, Scott, are you ready for our next book? I think we've chosen the perfect book to talk about next.
0: Hey, Katie. Scott, how are you doing this week? I'm well. I um, have been reading a lot. I've been reading everything from uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar to the books that <laughs> for our podcast. And so, <laughs> it's been a so you're getting a
1: wide forth. range, right?
0: Yeah, definitely a wide range of, of literature with, with my daughter. And I'm not reading her the book this week. I think she needs to be a little bit older for that. <laughs> um so before we get into the book this week I just want to say thank you again uh, for interacting with us on our socials for listening um, with our last week's episode which was ebooks versus print books or physical books um, definitely a lot of good sort of back and forth on that um, I put up a poll recently and say a lot most people have have e-readers I'm sure on their devices wow. and things like that so I mean this book I know that I read on my iPad and the next book reading on my i'm reading i I was not reading two books at once i haven't gotten quite <gasps> to the katie level yet
1: oh my goodness scott we'll get there we'll get We're, you there don't worry
0: i guess i guess technically i mean if i'm reading like the animals at the zoo at the same time i'm reading this this week's book right
1: yeah exactly right
0: yeah so we had a but great episode in ebooks versus physical books i think the jury's still out in terms of what people prefer i think like we said last episode it's it's all just dependent on on uh what you want at the time. Yeah. And then, of course, we'd forgotten about audiobooks. That was like the third option. Oh, but. We know
1: everybody. I think hopefully if you've listened to our first season knows how much we love audiobooks. And I just recommended a book to Scott to use in one of our later episodes. And I actually said to him, this is a book. Don't read it on your iPad. You actually have to listen to it as an audiobook because I think it was a very different experience listening to it as an audiobook. But it's always a great option.
0: Yeah. So I'll be definitely listening to that in audiobook. And actually, recently, someone disconnected from our show, put on social media, how they're having a really hard time seeing audiobooks as real reading, and I I kind of schooled them a little bit, in like what we had talked about. There's the like right also direction. listen to this episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but this week is a big week for us, Katie.
1: It is. We are going to be talking about banned books again. So this was something we talked about in last season, um, in episode two. And the reason we're doing this is because at the very beginning of October. There is a Banned Books Week. And really, I try to celebrate, you know, Banned Books Week all month because October is a great time just to talk about what banned books are. You know, it's a the beginning of the school year, so it's a great way for me to introduce some new books for, to students. But um, we are doing our first book of the season talking about a book that is not actually current, right? It's current in the news, okay. But it was right. written you know, many years ago. It was something I read many years ago. But we came back to it because we thought it was such a good example of what a banned book is and how a banned book is functioning within our current national climate, right? The one thing that we've talked about extensively, Scott and I off air, is the fact that we're dealing with a crisis of banned books in our nation. Um, It's happening across everywhere. And one of the things we love is that authors are speaking out against it. They're coming out. They're writing articles. They're going on social media. They're making, you know, YouTube videos. And, you know, this book in particular is both a banned and challenged book. So if you remember from our episode, Mm -hmm. right, a challenged book is when a group or a person just objects to the book. They want to remove it. But a banned book is when that removal actually happens, meaning that person or group has succeeded in challenging the book. That book is not available to people anymore. And we have seen I've seen horrific videos, Scott, I'm sure you have of just the books being taken out of schools and libraries.
0: Yeah. And students and students speaking out against that because yes. it's something that there are books that really elevate their identity in some yes. way and people don't quite understand that who are banning these books Mm -hmm. they can only see sort of this singular direction of this book has controversial material which absolutely some of them do but that's why we talk about them with our kids that's why we make sure we curate them and have that expertise but yeah Katie you're right there's a lot of um, really troubling um, dialogue surrounding these books especially when they're taken off the shelves
1: yeah so we chose this book this week because it is back in the spotlight Um, the author is coming out and speaking out against banning books And Scott and I, you know, were cheering on this author in all that she's doing. And we thought, you know, this would be a great book to feature for Banned Books Week. It'd be a great book for us to read. Um, I actually wasn't sure Scott was going to like it right away because you was a little bit out of your wheelhouse, a little bit of a different genre for you. But you ended up enjoying it, right?
0: I did. You know, it was one of those books that it's it's there's a lot of Dialogic narrative sort of in it And so that it doesn't necessarily speed out of the gate It's not a book that like really grabs you right away If you're like me and a reluctant reader You have to really dig in And, and it's very character driven and character centric um, And not so much I mean there certainly is an event We'll talk about that But um, I really enjoyed it And as Katie was saying The the reason we ended up sort of like steering toward this book And then I'll reveal the title Is the author is Was on MSNBC And I was watching one night And um, Katie and I were kind of between books and uh, the author was there talking about her book and um, the effort she has sort of led to uh, bring to, to light the, the book itself, the process of banning and challenging books and how it harms our students and harms, as Katie, you and I were talking about off air, harms the authors too, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what is our book for this week, Scott? I'm so excited to talk about this.
0: So the book this week is by author Ashley Hope Perez, and it's Out of Darkness. And it was a book that um, has been highlighted across different news programs, as I was saying. Um, And listening to the author speak about it was also super enlightening. And so that is the first book that we are doing of this season to celebrate Banned Books Week um, and widening it to the month. And also I was telling Katie LeVar Burton is the ambassador for Banned Books Week this year, which I thought was... Super interesting because reading Rainbow, if you're a millennial, you probably yes. remember that show. Yes. Um, So, you know, we we chose to, to highlight a band book for our first full book episode. As Katie mentioned, we did have a whole episode on band books and challenge books last season. So check it out. Uh, we have like our link tree and all that stuff in our socials. But it really went into depth about the band and challenging book process. So the book itself um is based on a true life event. Mm-hmm. Um which was the explosion of a school um, in Texas, sort of an oil country. Um, and there is a very rich racial mixture in that area of Latinos, Hispanics, of black Americans, and of white Americans. And there's obviously a lot of conflict because this is set in the 1930s. And so mm-hmm. um, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, a lot of racial undertone that's happening, especially in the South at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are main, the main characters in the book, are um, come from different racial backgrounds. You have Naomi, uh, Beto, and Carrie, which are Carrie, which are they're a, a Latinx family, a Latino family, Latina family, and you have um, Wash. Uh, I believe his last name is Fuller, mm-hmm. and he is of he's black. He's a black American, and then you have um, Henry, who is the father, who is a, a white gentleman. So you have a lot of really rich. Um, mixture there but also the cause for a lot of conflict throughout this story um and Mm -hmm. so yeah that that's gonna be the book that we're talking about today katie so i mean initial impressions what did you think while you were reading this book
1: so one of the things i loved about the style of the author is that she actually started the book with the event itself with with the school explosion and i'm a big fan of when you know movies and tv shows and even books do this right because it does kind of get you right into the action of the story. And then the author went back and started telling the backstory of these characters. And I really liked that because the first thing I did after I read, I think it's only a chapter, right? Two chapters at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. right? It's very short where they talk about the actual explosion that did happen in 1937 in Texas is I looked it up, right? This was something, this is a historical event I wasn't aware of. I had no idea this had happened. It was a devastating event. Um, And that was the first thing I did, right? So I loved that. But what I really appreciated the most about the book was that the chapters were short and they were Mm -hmm. all from different characters' perspectives. So all the characters we just mentioned all have chapters. And so you get to see, it's like that omniscient narrator. You get to know what's going on with all of these characters. And I think that just added an incredible richness to the story because the story is hard to read. And I'm not talking in terms Mm -hmm. of like difficulty of text, like the content of it is really difficult and I think by providing different generations, right? Because we've got Naomi, who's an older sister to the twins mm-hmm. who are Beto and Carrie, you know, that she's the same age as Wash. We've got young kids, and then we have, you know, the dad, Henry. I think it provided such a rich tapestry of looking at this one event during, before, and after. I just loved that the author set it up that way.
0: Yeah, and having the different perspectives. Even there's there's a contingent in the book. They're called the gang, yes. and it's white students who have these really uh, prejudicial opinions about um, Naomi because Naomi joins their school and they're white kids and she's uh, a Latina, and so they have these uh, these biases toward um, Latinos and Latinas, and you see that play out throughout not only just sort of the the white um, versus brown and black and brown community, but between the two communities, the black and brown communities themselves as well. They, Katie was even we were talking about how there are different grocery stores. I mean, there's real mm-hmm. sort of um, segregation in in the context here, historical uh, context that's put, and even you know down to within the family of of Beto, Carrie and Henry, um, Henry who is a white the white father does a lot to try to whiten his kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, his kids are lighter skinned. His two um, biological children because Naomi's not <clears throat> he tries to whiten their names from Beto to Robbie and mm-hmm. Carrie to Carol- Carolina or Carolina it's just mm-hmm. <clears throat> tries to and and tells them oftentimes that you know they should be hanging out with with white children mm-hmm. um so you know even outside of the wider hist- wider societal context that you see from the different perspectives you also see it within the micro dynamics of the family which I thought was really interesting and and frankly, really troubling to read at times, Very, mm-hmm. right? It's a very uncomfortable book to read, but it is one, and Katie and I were talking about it, there is some controversial content in this, so it's mm-hmm. always with the band or challenge book, you know, make sure that you read it as the adult, whether it's mm-hmm. the teacher or the parent or the guardian. And there is language, there is sexual content, and there's obviously a lot of racism that underpins the entire story, so... You want to make sure you preview that before you um, have that conversation or have that reading experience with your child or student. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is definitely a book that some of my middle schoolers have read, you know, and who I know are ready for this this type of content, who I know have conversations at home with their parents. So it's not something that we should steer students away from. In fact, like I've given this book to many students. Um, but as we mentioned, like it is important to have those conversations and be aware of the content. Um so I just, but I love this story because I think it does push students thinking, you know, it talks to them about a yeah. historical event that really happened. It takes on the issues of race head on in a society where race was definitely something that was being discussed on a daily basis for these characters, right? You know, if it's not being discussed, it's being experienced. And there's just mm-hmm. so much to talk about and teach. Like This would be a fantastic book to include in like a historical fiction unit, you know, because it does embed a lot of the issues, even that we're dealing with today, within a historical right. context.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know, and to looking at the perspective taking, there's a lot of empathy building that can be done. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, if you're outside of one of the racial classes that are, are sort of centered to this book, it's can't you're you're going to empathize to a certain degree. But I think it's really good to see those perspectives and to see that there's a lot of cyclical nature to the racial underpinning of this book. That, as you were saying, Katie, we see some of it today. Um, and I think that um, it's within the it brings alive the historical piece of what was happening in the United States in the 30s, 40s and really to present day. But within that context of, you know, the the early 1900s in terms of the racial piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's even sort of the aspect of there's the, the preacher. I forget what the preacher's name is, but he's very influential mm-hmm. toward mm-hmm. Henry and what Henry does. But there's almost like this. White savior complex that the preacher has many mm-hmm. times and trying to like tries to to baptize um, the children who are you know part of the Latin, Latino community, but th- there's a lot of themes surrounding sort of racial conflict and um, sort of that the uh, difficult situations that were happening for the black and brown community at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think this is what you know what we're talking about is just the idea that this book is so needed. You know, and that is something that um, Ashley Hoperez Hope talks about in I love this one NPR article that she wrote um, back in 2022, which was basically about like quote young people have the right to stories that help them learn, and I think that this book itself is one of those amazing examples. And she talks she talks in the article going back to her own experience as a teacher and how when she was teaching in Texas and she was teaching Latinx students, books like this are so necessary. Because Mm -hmm. they do reflect students' lives, right? And they can reflect things that they are experiencing in their own lives. And through books, you know, we can have those difficult conversations. Those difficult conversations are so necessary. And it's so disheartening when a book like this that is beautifully written. So the one thing we forgot to mention, Scott, is it won a Prince Award, which is one of the Mm -hmm. most prestigious awards from the Young Adult Library Association for the best writing and it is, it is a beautifully written piece. Besides the historical aspect of it and, you know, the character development, you could study Ashley Hope Perez's p- prose just from a writing standpoint, the way that she reveals characters, the way that she describes conflicts and plots in the story. It is beautifully creative. And I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that when you ban a book like this, you are taking away an opportunity for students to learn, reflect, unlearn in some cases right like unlearn mm-hmm. some things that have happened in their lives that aren't necessarily the way we should be acting towards others and that's those are missed opportunities with a book like this
0: yeah and you talk about just the the beautiful prose that was one of my first notes here when I started reading it it's just the way that um the that Ashley Hope Perez really uh writes within this be- like it's between a very um, singular perspective of a character and sort of that omniscient narrator back and forth, but just the way that she has these chapters set up that it, it can bounce between the two, between the singular perspective and the sort of omniscient perspective, just beautiful. And the way that she incorporates nature, I know that the, mm-hmm. there's um, a lot of talk about you know they there's a lot of talk about there's a river and there's this tree that there that's become central to the story, um, mm-hmm. that it really folds into what's going on within the character's actions and the and the plot itself. It just, it really became a book that was um, difficult to read because of the topics and the themes, but a joy to read because it it was very, the reading itself was very fluid. You didn't really feel, despite, you know, I take back what I said that the story doesn't really start out very quickly because Katie, you were right. It does start out with the actual historical event. Well, but then it depends it on the reader, right?
1: Like I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. very, we talk, we've talked a lot about this podcast. It's very, it very much depends on the reader and it's like, yeah. You know, I personally felt that it just started with a lot of action and you felt definitely. And I think that's OK. I think that's what makes stories like this so powerful, right, is that we can see it from those different perspectives.
0: Yeah. But she does start with a really like the catalyst event. Um, mm-hmm. And then she backs up to sort of build the foundation around that to get us there. And then when you get back to the catalyst event, which is the, the school explosion, which, you know, obviously happens the first few pages of the story then you start to see sort of where these, the character dynamics, the historical dynamics and context all come into play. And it just really, it comes full circle, very writing style-wise beautifully. I won't say the plot comes full circle beautifully because it is horrendous, horrific, and and just jaw-dropping what happens at mm-hmm. the end of the book, and that's putting it lightly. Um, and again, like we said, it's a very difficult subject matter to read, and so mm-hmm. previewing is very helpful. But it it really, the reading of it, is is very seamless like you didn't feel like you were pushing through despite the fact that there is really heavy prose and a lot of build of of setting and character development and that's what i loved about the book and just the fact that it really takes on um in in a very articulate way the idea of what was going on racially in the south at the time mm-hmm. um and just going through that from the, not only the perspective of sort of this overhead view but also the perspective of characters themselves and how they were handling it, and the idea of scapegoating is huge in this mm, book. That is mm-hmm. one theme that comes back often, right? Um,
1: and that's which, something too. I mean, yeah.
0: No, I was gonna say, Katie, what did you know? What did you think about that sort well, of that theme?
1: I definitely saw scapegoating, and it's funny. Like I saw it in the book, but because we did research and we watched a lot of videos about Ashley Hope Perez and read articles about her, because you know she's been in the public eye talking about book banning. I would almost say like she has become like. Like people have been scapegoating her, I would argue, because of what she wrote. And like we talked earlier in the episode about how it's hurting authors. And I like how in her NBR article, she talks about how it hurt her head on, right? That it was, it did feel like an attack against her as a person because of what she Mm -hmm. had written. Rather Mm -hmm. than seeing it as a piece of art that is meant to educate and help and, you know, push students, you know, young adults, because it is a young adult book. It was seen as we need to get this off the shelves as quickly as possible. And that hurts authors, you know, and it not just hurts them, I think, from a personal standpoint, because they are putting themselves and so much into writing this book. And I am sure that this was a hard book to write because of the content, right, and her personal connection to it. But also the fact that, you know, now as an author, you thought you put something beautiful out there, which she did, and people are Mm -hmm. attacking this piece of art. And I think that's so sad to see that happening but I I want to just highlight the fact that she's fighting back and I admire right. her so much for how she's educating me about book banning how she's educating others about it and how we can be better informed about what's happening in our nation and what we can do moving forward one of
0: the biggest things is making sure that when stories are written about subject matter um, that is that is out there to highlight to um, uh, to unravel, unveil, and also to uh, tell a story. You want that story told from a perspective that's not um, from an outside voice, from someone that's outside of that community, because it's so much more powerful, I think, I know, when you have someone who can empathize at an even deeper level with that. And I think that's something that um, I'm sure it came into play with when she, you know, Ashley mm-hmm. Perez wrote this, especially because of her experiences in teaching. Uh, students in Texas um, in the Latinx community. And even on her own website, when she mentions in her biography, it's this experience of teaching these Latinx students that really gave her sort of that passion to center on the lives of the Latinx community. Mm -hmm. So she definitely has that that deeper empathy with the community as Mm -hmm. someone who has lived within and, and worked with members of that community. And, you know, adding even to that, you know, she is... Now, part of a Latinx family, and she mentions her children as um, sort of that catalyst for her to uh, help people, and this is coming right from her biography uh, Latinx readers find themselves within books and, and make them uh, and help to find representation of themselves in those books. So that was a, that was a huge catalyst and a real reason, I think, that the um, empathy centered approach here was such a powerful one from the author to pull this book from the shelves um, can hurt students who are of the Latino community, Latina community, or of any black and brown community, because it really highlights the marginalized voice here from the perspective of someone who is of those communities. And so I appreciate, you know, there's a vulnerability, I'm sure, in writing that, but an importance that the voices come from the people uh, uh, that are part of those communities.
1: And the one thing that you know, she highlighted in her NBR, NPR article. And one of the things I talked about a lot in my doctoral dissertation was the idea that you have to have representation in the classroom. And, you know, even throughout my career, I've been teaching for about 15 years. That has drastically changed, right? We are seeing more diverse authors. We are seeing more diverse characters, right? Like Scott, we've talked about how there's more representation from the LGBTQIA plus community in books. Like I was so happy many years ago when I had a gay character as the main character, because it wasn't something that was predominant in young adult and children's literature. And this idea that when you pull books like this, you know, when you ban books like this, that you are taking away from the representation. Mm -hmm. You are actually, we made progress Mm -hmm. and we're going back on that progress. And that's really a scary thought that that could happen. We want to keep moving forward. We want to keep diversifying what books are in our classroom, what books we give to our students, what voices are out there to ensure that right. we are building empathetic citizens, right? And I just, it is concerning that this is happening, but you know, having the tools and resources and having authors like Ashley Hope Perez speak out, I think is so great for us as educators because we can continue learning and continue learning to help our students.
0: And I think stylistically, Katie, you talked about it before, even the controversial nature of some of the really intense, really um, possibly triggering scenes, a lot of them happen, quote, off page. And there are a couple Mm -hmm. of moments I had to go back and reread to make sure that an event happened that I thought happened. So, you know, Ashley Perez Perez obviously takes into account that this is a young adult book with some pretty intense themes and that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she wanted to make sure that it was approached in a way that was not writing for shock's sake. But she writes shocking moments that are accurate and does so in a way that's also um, mindful about the readers, the audience that she's approaching. And, you know... Katie, I think it's so insightful to say we want increased representation because banning or challenging mm-hmm. a book may feel like you are protecting students from material that's uncomfortable or shocking or upsetting. But at the same time, you're also taking a book off the shelf that mm. can make someone feel connected or listened to or heard or stories heard that you wouldn't hear otherwise. And so I think that's I love that um, the author here is is doing that. She's giving mm-hmm. voice to an uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable topic, but in, in in a way that it's so artful um, and so powerful. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. that she's leading, you know, one of the leaders of this fight against banned books, challenge books.
1: And I really appreciate that she's giving me the tools of how to approach this. You know, I think it's so important as educators that this is going to happen now. And this is going to be happening, I think, for a while because mm-hmm. of, you know, the current climate that we're living in. And so how can we approach it as educators, from a stance of empathy and understanding, but also ensuring that we're not taking away from students' identities, from their learning. We're not hindering education in any way. And so I thank the author for helping me feel confident or feel more confident. I don't I wouldn't say I'm feeling, you know, incredibly confident because it is a really hard topic especially to approach approach with parents or caregivers, but I feel more confident having people like her to fall back on because of everything she's putting out in the media and I appreciate it so much.
0: And I know that we sort of dove into this book in a very superficial nature. I mean, there's in terms of the events, I don't find that it's event heavy per se. I think a lot of it's character development. Mm-hmm. I think it's inter-character and intracharacter character development. Um, but I think that the wider conversation around it and what it represents is is so important to talk about. And I think, Katie, you're you're right. We're, you and I are people that might be uncomfortable just treading this book a little bit with our kids, but I think there's a certain amount of humility that goes into um, talking about books written for folks who are in marginalized communities as someone, as two people who aren't in marginalized communities in some ways and, and are in other mm-hmm. ways. And so... You know, I think that's really it. Just you have to I think we can't avoid the difficult topics because they're uncomfortable. and they're they're hard for some people to hear. Mm-hmm. I think we need to lean in. I think we need to talk about them. It, it gives so much um it gives so much strengthening of empathy and understanding to do so. And I'm, I appreciate her for, for this book. because I think again, she offers multiple perspectives in the book. She does so in a way that's incredibly artful and incredibly beautiful, beautifully written, especially with some of the topics and events that are incredibly difficult to read and to experience. Um, But I I just, I really loved this book. I mean, to sort of wrap a bow on it, I think there's so much promise that this book Mm -hmm. gives to our students and our educators and adults. I think adults should read this book as well. Um, I think there's a lot to learn.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, my philosophy in life is when a book is talked about as being banned, I go out and buy that book right away. Because... I know that it's going to be a, a book that starts conversation, a book that is needed and a book that is going to help me learn, you know? So if you see a booked band, go out and buy it because you know that it's going to help push your thinking and help you see things in a different way. And that's what reading is all about. It's helping us to learn but to be empathetic you know and to push our thinking
0: so thank you to the author Ashley O Perez I just think this book is beautiful it was something that I really enjoyed reading from a standpoint of this the artistic nature of writing also the delving into really difficult topics in a way that was really enlightening and, and educational and there's just so much promise and potential energy around what you can use this book and you're right Katie you pull a book off a shelf because you're you're concerned. You pull a, a public shelf, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take away the opportunity to represent voices that aren't at the table otherwise. You take away the opportunity to learn about things that you wouldn't learn about otherwise in a way that's really really well written and nuanced. Um, so, like Katie said, go support your local library. Go buy uh, go go buy the book. But definitely something you want to preview for younger students. Um, and you want to make sure that they're ready for it and that you're there to help guide them through that as a teacher or the parent or guardian. But a book that we highly recommend and um, an author we highly recommend. I know that she's I believe she's I would assume that she's written others. I haven't dug too deep into her. Yes.
1: Yep, yep, yep. But no, I know. Hopefully she listens to this episode. We've had some authors listen to our episodes before. So you never know. So I really just want to if she does, thank you so much for giving us an amazing book, an amazing topic for us, allowing us to talk about difficult topics, you know, because I think it's important to even just have these conversations. Um, But it was such a beautiful, beautiful story. And I'm really proud to have it in my
0: classroom. So thank you to the author, Ashley Hope Perez, Out of Darkness was the book. We can't recommend it enough. It's wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. It really uh, pushed pushed me as a reader, as Katie said, but I'm really yes. glad that um, I'm glad that I was serendipitously on the couch and saw her interview on MSNBC and said that's the author I want. I want us to do for <laughs> Band Books Week. There are so many choices, but she was the one that we chose this week. And the month's coming up in June, mm-hmm. so when we get there, we might also highlight a couple authors there. Yes, yes. Ooh, So that heady topic, but worthwhile. Yes, I know
1: we st- we we kind of started off the season a little bit heavy here, didn't we, Scott?
0: We did, and I'm glad that we did with Band Books Week. <laughs> But next week, Katie, what are we are talking about um, an awareness month that actually an author that we've covered in the past yeah. brought to my attention. I said to Katie, why don't we highlight books that? And so next week on our yeah. novel short, Katie, what are we talking about?
1: We are going to talk about ADHD Awareness Month. So back in season one, we highlighted the book Button Pusher by Tyler Page, which is a graphic novel memoir. And it talks about his journey being diagnosed with ADHD, his school and educational journey being diagnosed with this um, disorder. And so we figured next week would be a great time for us to highlight Some other books that address um, ADHD have characters that have ADHD, which we think is so important in terms of representation. And I think it's great that we have an awareness month Mm -hmm. because, again, it's going to help educators, parents, students, you know, everything, right? Everyone really have a good understanding of how we can help and support people with ADHD.
0: Yeah. So definitely tune into that episode. Continue to follow us on our socials. Uh, That's Instagram threads and TikTok for right now. We might expand that a little bit. We'll see. But Um, Definitely follow us on our socials, sound off, uh, you know, what what do you think about the episode? What do you think about this book? What do you think about any of the books or topics we cover? And we really look forward to having you listen to our episode next week on National ADHD Awareness Month and books that highlight and elevate those voices as well.
1: Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of That's Novel Reading.
0: That's Novel Reading is produced by Scott Silver Benito and Katie Durkin.
1: Our sound engineer is Scott and social media director is me, Katie.
0: You can follow and listen to us on all major podcasting platforms.
1: And connect to us through Instagram at That's Novel Reading, Twitter at NovelReadsPods, or email us at That's novel Reading at gmail.com. Catch you next time.